Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Go with Julio podcast. I'm a tech marketer turned leadership coach on a mission to educate, inspire, and empower you to unlock your best, most authentic self as a leader. If you're ready to confront the hard things getting in the way of your success in a way that's real and honest and loving, then you're in the right place because you can and you will. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Happy December. I'm glad you're here. Today's episode is all about unlocking creativity. And we have a very special guest to help us get clarity here. His name is Gray Jacks, and he is an artist and a creative coach, and he is a dear friend of mine. He has been coaching me since January on how to cultivate more creativity within me and has helped me get this podcast launched, has helped me prepare for my TEDx talk, has helped me learn piano, and he has a lot of beautiful wisdom. My hope is is that while listening to this, you may unearth some insights for yourself as you try and step into the inner creative because you as a leader have an opportunity to unleash your creativity on the world. And I want you to get into a space where you can see yourself as a creative person as you think about setting your intentions and making plans for 2024. Thank you for your time. I see you. I love you. Stay in touch. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Hello, Gray. Hello. I want to start by sharing quickly how we met. We first met at the Gay Coaches Alliance. Now, when I left tech and I knew I wanted to move into coaching, I felt very alone and I had to find my community. So one of the things I did is I opened up Google and I did a search for where are the gay coaches? And I found the Gay Coaches Alliance and they just happened to be having a conference And I signed up for the conference, not knowing anyone or anything. And lo and behold, who do I meet when I'm there? You. When I first saw you, I thought, oh, he's a, he's a creative coach. First of all, I don't know what the hell that means. He's an artist. Like, what is that? Like, I'm not an artist. I'm not going to have that much in common with this guy. And I forget how this happened in conversation, but I said something around, I want to be able to play your song, the Elton John song, your song on the piano for my husband at our wedding one day. And then you came back, hand you hand wrote all the chords. There's a piano in the main room and you sat me down the piano and you opened a door for me to say, hey, this isn't that difficult. You can actually do this in that one moment where you took the time to hear me and to write down the chords and to go next to the piano with me and show me, I can now play that song. So yes, I, you can. I thank you for that. I think that what happened in that moment is I saw the artist in you and I wanted to give them a gift. So that's what that transcribing of that music and showing and sharing that with you. I, I've always loved connecting with creativity, helping people connect to their creativity. And uh, that was just a perfect moment to do both. Yes. And that's exactly why you are such a special guest for the podcast here, because I have been on this journey in starting the business uh, to understand the role that creativity plays in my personal life, in my professional life and creativity and play. And I feel like the more that I've gotten to know you as a creativity coach, the more I have really stepped into and dialed up my play and my creativity. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful opportunity in a world where many of our listeners are in the day-to-day and don't necessarily see themselves as creative people, creative leaders. I wanted to bring you on and have a conversation about the power of creativity because you helped unlock that in me. And I think you can help unlock that in so many other people. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to help people unlock and tap into their creative wells. I want to understand from your point of view, how you think about creativity and play and the role that creativity plays in 
our lives, especially in a time like now where there's so much fear and tension and the world is moving faster than our capacity to manage. And it feels like sometimes it's easy for creativity to be zapped in those moments. So how do you think about it? What I have discovered over uh, you know, a, a long and painful journey is that it is about the joy, right? It is about connecting to uh, a space where you can take doubt and you can take judgment and you can remove them from your mind, from your body, energetically, and then get into a space of pure curiosity and allow yourself to be a conduit. We all have a, a creative well within us. I think what happens when we think about creativity for a lot of us, we automatically think that it has to be this enormous space. It has to be something that we can do on this scale that is, you know, ready to be thrown in front of an audience, as opposed to, well, this is an energy space that all of us have, and we all need to actually interact with it in order to be fully realized. I hear a lot of clients and listeners talk about, oh, I'm, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. Like I, I'm a numbers person. I, I, I deal with the other side of the brain. I don't have creativity. What do you say when you come across people who share that with you? <laughs> you know, I hate to break it to you, but the truth is all of us are creative. And what happens when we hear that is we immediately point the finger at ourselves and we say, not me. So again, that's back to this idea of doubt. It's, it's, I like to describe it in, cre in a creative space is doubt is the enemy of ability. It will dissolve every aspect of confidence and ability to tap into something true instantaneously. It could be happening to you when you're, when you're fully prepared, you're in the middle of a presentation, you're giving a speech, you're giving a performance, and you just let that little worm of doubt get in. You let it in and immediately things start to unravel. So shifting out of that space of doubt, getting into a space of, of curiosity. What's in here? What, what do I have access to? What can I tap into? Is it visual? Is it, is it auditory? You know, am I, what am I, what am I really hearing that I'm curious to try and try, right? You know, creativity is about trying new things. It's about experimenting, but in the process of that trying, we're always gaining some degree of uh, new skill or understanding or we're just actually engaging with something that is soothing us. Something that is, that is giving us a space of, to actually be. And once we can tap into that well of, of creative energy that we all have, it is a space of flow. You are, your ego is out of the way and you are just listening and you were just collecting the information. You're not trying to, to channel, move it, shape it. You're just there to let, everything that's in there, all of your wisdom and knowledge come through. I like to say that a great artist must also be a great archivist. Ooh. You must always be keeping notes, collecting the data and holding on to it because you just never know when you're going to want to go back. So if you're creating things, if you're making work, if you're doing, uh, you know, like this wonderful podcast, right? This is, this is a creative endeavor where you went to your well and you said, what am I hearing? What is, what is this wisdom, truth of understanding that I'm being called to? And the thing that we usually find when we go to that space and we start to try and listen is resistance. And the resistance shows up as fear. A lot of the time it shows up as fear. And that's been my experience as well through my sort of long life of, of trying to be in and stay in creative space. Thank you for sharing that. The resistance is often fear. And I, I want to thank you because we've been meeting every two weeks since January. And I attribute a lot of my success from the TEDx talk to our ability to explore me letting go of the doubt, right? Doubt's the enemy of ability, letting go yes. of the doubt and be able to recognize that I am a vessel and my job is to transmit the energy, the messages and the energy and the ideas that are flowing in my head, in my, through my heart, out through the stage to touch people. And that's kind of what you do as an artist. That's what artists do. That's right. That's right. We're, we're channeling in the moment. Uh, you know, I love to see artists on stage when they're barefoot because they're trying to ground themselves to the earth. They're trying oh. to pull energy up through their bodies, out through the tops of their heads. You know, this is... This is almost this 
really elevated way of thinking about your, your performance and how the energy is coming through you and releasing in that moment. You're open as a vessel. Yeah, you're open as a vessel. And what are the common blocks with all of the leaders that you coach today? What are the common blocks that get in the way of the energy flowing out and through you? I think the most common block is just how we can so easily get in our own way because being in creative flow is not a space that you just get into and you know, everything you've ever dreamed of shows up. I mean, it's still a process. I think we get impatient really easily. We let the critic into the room too quickly, right? To look at what we're doing. You really shouldn't even think about your audience at all when you're in a creative process of, of making something. Uh, it just shouldn't be. What are you table. thinking about then? You're just connecting to what you're trying to communicate. It's a heightened state of, of, of listening and awareness, then you're there to gather the information, what shows up, not try to put it into order. You know, a lot of times when I'm writing music or I'm writing a lyric, it's, it's just many rounds of picking that thing up and gently caressing it with my hands to shape it a little bit and then putting it down and walking away. Oh, I love that visual. Yes. A gentle caressing, put it down, yeah. pick it back up, yeah. put it down, pick it back up. Yeah. It's kind, it's loving, it's gentle. <laughs> I don't know what this thing is. I'm trying to learn what it is. I'm trying to understand yeah. what it's trying to tell me. I'm trying to understand where it's trying to go. I'm not trying to force it with my own agenda per se. I'm really just trying to stay in curiosity and openness. And that can even be to the point where I could have worked on something for many years, but then I sit down with another collaborator and they give me their feedback and suddenly a new door is open and, I, and being able to be open to that and to be able to come to it with a degree of, again, curiosity. Okay. What else is here? What else has been opened up? Let me let my mind continue to expand. You know, in the moments when I'm picking up and touching a piece of creative work, I feel like things are happening there, but a lot happens when I'm not touching it. Mm. When I'm just out in my regular life, things may show up, pass through my mind. Um, so there's always that little bit of, of creative spark and little, little pieces that are showing up. And that's where the archivist comes back into hand. I always have to collect everything. I have to write everything down. I remember nothing. So I voice record. I just, I gather all of it. And then when I'm ready to try and work on something large and tell a bigger story, or I have all of this information to go back and, and, and look, look over, this is very much I like what you did as preparing for your TED talk. You went back through a lot of wisdom readings and teachings and, and notes you'd taken over many years and were really culminating all of those ideas into one piece of work. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because I have so many notes all over the place and I'm sure some other people listening are like this. You have post-its, you have Apple notes, you have, uh, you know, pieces of paper lying around notebooks and the rational, intellectual, cerebral part of me wants to sort through it, filter it, organize it, make sense of it, or trash it. And I've been learning to play in this space of just allow it to be. Like, why do you have to organize it? Just let it be and allow it to be this archive of ideas. And actually, it's really beautiful to go back a year from now, two years from now, and look at the journal entries and the notepads where I've marked. And you see two things. I notice things that are, are, the, are the through line patterns and ideas and themes that I'm still talking about today that I was talking about and thinking about two years ago and the way stuff has evolved. And there, there's a beauty and just allowing it to be. And I'll sometimes go back and look at other notes from prior sort of versions of things I'm working on. And it astounds me every time yeah. how I just described, <laughs> where the hell did I come up with this? Yeah. Right. You just find these nuggets of ideas and seeds of, of, of ideas that it just, it so surprises you, but because they were being received with just a space of unobtrusion, the door is open, come through me. Philip Glass is a sort of a well-known you know, music composer. And there was a, a documentary film they made about him many years ago. And there's a, a scene that I just think about so often where he goes into his office to sit down. He's talking about his morning routine and he says, I sit down at the piano every morning and I have the music on the page from the day before. And he says, the first thing that goes through my mind is I don't know what I'm doing, but he says, it's like, I quiet that voice. I quiet that voice that tells me that I don't know what I'm doing. Then I take my hand 
and I reach down into this river that runs, that contains all creative wisdom, knowledge, information, and I pull up a few drops. Oh, wow. And I notate. And I reach my <laughs> hand down again, and I grab a few more drops, and I notate. You just, you bring it little by little to the surface. Uh, and you should be as surprised as anyone when it has fully arrived. It starts with fear. It starts with doubt. But recognizing immediately that those are our enemies. Those are the voices we want to banish from the room. And if possible, never ask them to come back again. We can have a critical eye without it being the critic. Yeah. Well, one thing I did during my TEDx talk was actually not so much banish, but try and give it a seat at the table and like welcome it. And I try to recognize that the fear and the doubt is it's just trying to keep me safe. It doesn't That's want right. me to mess up. It doesn't want me to screw up the recording. It doesn't want me to say the wrong thing such that in five years, 10 years, like it all goes sour and it goes, you know, I get canceled because I admitted this or whatever. Like it, it was just trying to say, hey, you should just stay in your room and stay small and don't have to worry about anything. And I realized, oh, I see what you're doing here. You're just trying to keep me safe. But what you're actually doing is you're preventing the flow of that energy. You're preventing me from being the vessel that I have been called to be to share this story and to share it in such a way that other people can benefit and see themselves and want to take the lessons and learn so that they don't have to struggle the way I struggled. Yeah. It's that fear of the risk. It's, it's the fear of sharing more of ourselves, giving ourselves permission or thinking we need permission to share more of ourselves. Yeah. I love this phrase that you've used once or twice before in our sessions, which is show more, hide less, show more, hide less. Yeah. Tell me about what does that mean for you? There's just so much reward in letting yourself be seen. There's so little loss. There's so little to lose. Standing in that power of excitement and gratitude that you have allowed yourself to tap into something true that only you could create. And here you are about to share it with others. And what a gift that you even had the ability to make it. Yeah, to do that. Everybody who's here comes called with a gift. No one will have our life experience through our lens, specifically the way that we have lived it. And all of us have a unique gift. And our real job here is to excavate that and use it and offer it to the world. And I mean, AI is the new electricity. Things will look very different in 10 years than they look today. Correct. And it behooves all of us right now to step fully out and into our power, to share more and hide less. A lot of us feel like we're hiding. I think COVID amplified this. I think being remote behind a camera or no camera for that matter, instigated a lot of this. We, and, and frankly, coming from a place of hiding is more comfortable. I know exactly what that feels like. It feels more comfortable, it feels safe, but the real work to do is to share more because that's why you're here is to offer your gift. And that's really, I mean, that's what we're doing here through this podcast, through the medium is offering the gift. That's right. That's right. Well, and there's even another um, way that I've also always heard it told to me uh, kind of in, in songwriting circles is they always talk about in your lyric, you should be showing, not telling. Show, don't tell. How do you describe, how do you give more imagery as opposed to just telling someone something, right? Which feels very uh, rigid and not really as in flow. Back to your talking about AI, you know, I, I really am excited about the space and, you know, support possibilities that AI, AI is creating uh, that artists can utilize, you know, to support them in uh, engaging with audiences and in, in, uh, even in generating creative seeds. I have a, a partner that uh, we've we've talked about trying to write a piece of work that's completely AI generated. Uh, they would generate the lyric. I would work with it to generate the music, and uh, and see what that looks like. Uh, so, it's an interesting time to have new tools. I would say as a creative person. 
Yeah. And I love that you're referring to it as a tool because it very much is a tool. I know yeah. that the, the doom and gloom headlines can sometimes make it feel like this is the robots are going to turn sentient and, and take over the world. But the more likely scenario is that this is akin to electricity and how electricity changed the way civilization has shown up and lived. And this tool will help all of us be able to amplify our gifts or whatever, or support us in our journey with whatever it is that we're doing. And uh, I think it could be an unlock for, for creatives. Yes. Every idea needs a seed to grow from. And I just think of, of AI as a, a seed generating space where you can utilize it uh, to flower some ideas, uh, but even just to, to, to get some ideas of where to begin. Oh, I love that. Okay. I have a quick question for you just to play with that metaphor. So let's assume you're listening to this and you have a seed of an idea, a creative seed. You want to start a podcast. You want to learn an instrument. You want to create a painting. You want to publish a poem, whatever that seed is for you. You're a leader listening to this and you have a seed of an idea of a creative idea. What are the first few moves? Uh, other than hiring me as your coach. <laughs> the first thing I think is to really open yourselves up to what's there for you creatively and do it in a way where, there's, where it's curiosity focused and not judgment focused and just really listen. Who am I as a creative person? Like what, what am I, have I always felt this drive and call and pull? I think we all have this creative pull towards some outlet and we deny ourselves access because we, we essentially tell ourselves the story, right? We're all on the story that I'm never going to succeed at that. I'm never going to achieve at that. I am looking at, you know, the mountaintop of what I think success looks like. Mm. And I can't even see the next step. Yeah. It's too far away. I can't even see how I'm going to go from here to there. Well, that's not the point to get to there. The point's to be here, <laughs> yeah. to connect to what's available and to get to experience the fun of making something out of nothing. Yeah. Right. Of, of tapping into a space where it is utterly unique, what you can tap into every person's creative space and what emerges is completely unique and no one's reinventing the wheel here. Let's just be honest. We're all just taking a, B, C, and D and arranging them in our own vocabulary mm, in some yes. respects. Yes. Yes. And you know, I feel that in some small way with the piano, like oftentimes if I have mm. a block or I feel stuck, something will call me to just turn on the piano and get in front and just start playing and I'll play chords. And I just like, will create my own little song. So I'll do like an Adele song, but I'll do my own version. And it's not by the end of it, it's not really an Adele song. It's like someone like me, but Julioified because I'm doing my own chords and my own you know, I'm playing with it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is mine. This is like my version of it. And it's the freedom <laughs> of being able to just do that is, is so beautiful. And then that transfers into other parts of my life in the way that I coach in the way that I write and post content on social media and the way this podcast is coming to life. It, it almost loosens me up to That's say, right. Hey, it doesn't have to be this chord or this but this thing at this moment in time exactly it can be it could be it could free flow however you'd like it to <laughs> yeah it ha it's supposed to be fun i i love that and, and so what do you feel in those moments when you're just just lost in the play with a, a, a song or you're lost in the play of your podcast and the creation of the moment i feel light I feel love. I feel empowered. Mm. Um, I feel a sense of ownership that like I can try and explore. And, you know, sometimes you hit a wrong key and you're like, oh, I actually like that key. Like, maybe I'll try that again. Let me try. Actually, let me try this key with that key. Let me try these yeah. keys together. And I'm like, oh, this is playful. This is exciting. I just added a new key to this chord and it changed the energy of the song. If I go one up higher or lower and it's this playfulness that 
I feel like just in this year, for those of you who are listening, I want you to know, like I literally set my intention to just start doing this. So I, I, I've been working with Gray, who's given me some encouragement. I've been listening on YouTube. I've just every day for a little bit, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 30 minutes, you know, I'll just play a little bit and it, and it, it, it helps the energy flow through me and allows me to recognize, Hey, it's not that serious. That's right. And that's really a super important message to come back to. I, I've been playing instruments since I was probably five years old. The piano was my first instrument. But I got into my 20s to the point where I had, you know, played on multiple albums. I toured on national tours, but I still would not call myself a musician. So where's the shame? Where's the doubt? Where's the insecurity? Where's the I'm not enough? I'm not good enough. I have more to prove. And so in time, I really shut down creatively. I stopped playing instruments. I stopped writing music. I quit everything. Wow. And it was a couple of years before I could come back. And the thing that I had to face first and foremost is I started to try and allow myself to consider what went wrong and how do I reattach to my creative flow. And what I came up with is I lost the ability to have fun. And that was the whole reason I ever played music or created music. It was just fun to be able to be part of something and play with other people and all of that great opportunity. So that was my number one rule. As soon as I ever came to the fear, my number one rule was it has to stay fun. How did you lose the fun? How, how did the fun get lost? It got lost in a lot of ways, you know, pursuing opportunities that were really, you know, looked like they were going to really crack my music career open. And then because of, you know, untreated mental health issues because I still wasn't out of the closet. You know, my life crashed at that time and I lost those opportunities and it shut me down. It was part of what began the shutdown. I spent a lot of time judging myself for those, for that loss of opportunity. And it's taken me a lot of time to just love who I was then and say that that person was doing everything they could and focus on the fact that uh, I was being spotlighted for a reason. I was being given those opportunities for a reason. And I still am that same person who can create those opportunities for myself. And the reason was? Is that I, I am, I'm talented, I'm skilled, I've developed my abilities, and I'm really good at what I do. Nice. And that my voice is also original, right? Say, how hard is it to say to yourself, Julio, my voice, this, your voice on this podcast is original. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's hard. And, and be it's able really... to own that. Yeah. You got to fight through a lot of, a lot of resistance that shows up, uh, that says, no, you can't say that you have more, to, you have more to do before you can say that. I've come to a place now where I really encourage people to look back at their successes as often as possible, reflect on what you are achieving as often as possible. Oftentimes we are doing so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And we're so focused on the next thing we think needs to happen that we don't take a moment to really congratulate ourselves for how well we're doing. Mm. Wow. That's big. And I want to pause there for a moment because in the reflection is where the, the learning happens, where the yeah. neuroplasticity rewires the brain so that you yes. start to come from that energy space. So if you are listening to this, where can you make time in your day today to invite self-reflection? We often think about the to-do list. How about the done list? What are mm. the things that you have accomplished? What can you reflect on that you have done well today that you can put your hand over your heart and say, thank you. I, I did that today. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that. That's right. And I'm, and I'm grateful that I had what I needed to make that happen for myself, to achieve what I wanted to achieve. I feel like energy management is the biggest part of trying to be a human being. Ooh, big topic. It's just the biggest challenge. So, you know, creativity is one of those energy spaces, but there's many, many more. And how do we manage those and keep them in balance uh, so that we are able to just access what we need when we need it? What's the way to think about energy management? If you are a leader and you are in your back to back, you're in a high pressure role your schedule's full, you got a lot going on. How do you begin to manage your energy, take charge over the energy? 
Cause I think that, I think a lot of people are sitting with that. I agree. And I, I definitely uh, talk to a lot of clients about this and this is a topic that I've heard you say some really smart things on this podcast uh, about how do we manage your energy? And it really comes down to, are you making time to be, are you making time to be still? Are you making time to not try, not be in this space of trying to make things happen? And the reason to do that is because you're trying to tap into and hear the voice of understanding that actually can tell you what, sh what can be going on, what's available, right? You're not going to see that when you're staring at the landscape, looking left and right as fast as you can, trying to spot the next opportunity. When you sit down and close your eyes and you listen and you open yourself to tap into what you know and start to trust that, that voice of instinct, that voice of instinct is a, is a crucial teammate. Yeah, it's the voice of instinct and it's this paradox because we grow up in a society that wants us to do more, ship faster, move faster, balance, balance. I can't tell you how many times we I had competing conflict meetings from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. back to back and I wore it as a badge of honor. But the truth is it's not about how fast you run. It's about how well can you slow down because in the slowing down is where that still sweet, quiet, inner instinct voice, spiritual GPS, inner knowing just sends you messages and gives you clues as to where to go and what to do. And, and I believe that that is the work to do. It begins yeah. there. The minute Correct. you create that opening, that's the, the beginning of the spiritual journey. Absolutely. I'll tell every client that I see to try journaling because it, it, it slows our brains processing down to a different speed. And what emerges is deeper wisdom, deeper understanding, and the voice that we need to be hearing. Yeah. And the common argument against that is I don't have time to journal or I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. Which I say, try five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the beautiful thing about journaling is it gets you out of your limbic system yeah. and it gets you into your cortex. It gets you out of the part of you that's fight or flight, go, 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 go. And into the part of you that needs to think and consider and connect with yourself. One of the ways that I manage my energy is through a morning writing practice. And I use that time. It's like a one-on-one -on -one with myself. Hi, yeah, I love you. I see you. I'm grateful for my breath and my family. What is going to be important for me today? How do I want to use my time? What would make today extraordinary? And sometimes that means working. Sometimes that means going to the gym. Sometimes that means calling a friend. And I trust that and I'm following that. And that is, I learned to manage my energy through my relationship with my writing. One of the ways. That's fantastic. And I, I, I think that's spot on. During the pandemic, I switched from being kind of an eight hour night sleeper to a biphasic sleeper. And I'm still stuck in that routine. Oh, what does so that mean? These days I wake up after sleeping for six hours. And then during the day, I'll take a one hour rest. Oh. Uh, so it's, it's two sort of sleep cycles happening in the course of 24. But what started happening is that I, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I spend four o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock in the morning in just a really quiet space. Wow. Sometimes I'm taking walks. Sometimes I'm doing writing. Sometimes I'm writing music. Sometimes I'm reading books, the paper, just really having just a zone of space to just be, do some yoga, do some mindfulness practices. But I think at the beginning of the day, having been able to claim all that space for myself, allows me to be energized and feel like I've given myself what I need first. And now I'm ready to sit down and be able to do the work that I need to do as a coach, uh, because we're showing up for other people. We're really helping them connect to analyzing their stories and unravel their tangled knots. Yeah. And how do we do that without, without absorbing that energy? Yes. Yes. How do we do that without absorbing the energy? And I would also argue that, all of us are leaders and as leaders, we are all coaches. We all have the capacity to be coaches. And I think the work to do is to move from a manager where you're just meeting spec and following guidelines to being a leader where you are before it was called coaching, it was called leadership. And a lot of the skills that we are cultivating with clients 
is learning how to be present, learning that the being propels the doing. And that if you are stuck 100%. in the doing constantly day in and day out, your reportees, the people on your team, they can feel the energy of that. Yes. They can feel that you are stuck in your doing and you're not, you're there, but you're not really there. I like to ask leaders that are in those roles, what do you think you're modeling for the other people around you? How do you think they're receiving this? How do you think it's being viewed? Is that what you want to, want to be modeling for people? Okay, well, if it's not, what is it? And how do we get you there? What's the resistance? Why are you having this armor up, right? How do we get this armor down? Yes. How do we have you show more, hide less? Yes. It's all about vulnerabilities, all about dropping the armor. It's all about accepting yourself first. Flaws, uh, superpowers, all of it, right? We just, we're these beautifully complex uh, beings. The sooner we can get on our own team and stop depleting our emotional energy by allowing our thoughts to drive it down with judgment and with doubt and with feelings of not enough feelings of I, I should be doing more. Yeah. And it's a beautiful reminder that we're not our thoughts. We don't actually have to attach to every thought that's runs through our brain. We can notice the thought. We can observe the thought. We can explore the thought. We can receive whatever the message is from the thought and then let it go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to embody it and take it on. And that was, that was probably the single lesson that has taken me the longest to learn in my life, which is I am not my thoughts. I am the observer. I am the one who notices. It's so crucial. And I think all of us are still trying to attain that on a regular basis, right? But it's so crucial. Uh, and awareness is the greatest tool we can develop for ourselves and the ability to pause in the moment and listen uh, without attacking ourselves first. And again, being on our own team and saying, how can I support what I'm needing in this moment? How can I show up for myself the right way in this moment? As opposed to saying, well, you screwed up again, or well, you should have, you should have known. Yeah. And I just want to add, I love the, the visual of, you know, the team, you're a team, you yeah. know, and yeah. the way I think about my time in the morning is having a one-on-one -on -one with myself. How many, how many people listening to this have one-on-ones with everybody else, <laughs> yeah. but then you don't offer the one-on-one -on -one with yourself, the check-in, how am I doing? How am I feeling? What do I need? If you don't like the idea of meditation, if you don't like the idea of morning journaling, if you don't like this, it's a one-on-one -on -one. it's with yourself. It starts there. Absolutely. And it's, it's almost always the cause of when we're feeling frustrated, when we're feeling burnt out when we're feeling agitated, it's that we're not giving ourselves what we need. We're not, we're not putting ourselves as a priority and it, it just builds up and builds up until it starts to show up as disruptive energy in our day to day. Yeah. This is the lesson that's taken me the longest to learn, which is understanding that I am not my thoughts. I'm curious, what is the lesson that has taken you the longest to learn? Well, there's, there's been many and there's, there's many that I'm still learning, uh, which I'm still grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's taken me the longest to learn, you know, as a recording artist, as a, as a musical performer, I'm always really having to keep a sharp eye on when that voice of you're not good enough. Nobody likes this. You know, you're wasting your time. You're never going to get what you want just these sort of really harsh uh, doubt voices. And what I've, what I've really been practicing this year, I would say is I really squash them immediately and then try and attach to where is there an opportunity that I could pursue? Where is there a place I could ask someone for something that would be useful for me? Where can I start a conversation? I used to always tell the story to myself that, Oh, I'm bothering these people. They don't want to hear from me. If I ask them, they're going to say no, but I've been practicing asking, yeah. contacting, reaching out. And that's never been true. No one's ever bothered. No one ever tells me no. Yeah. And everything starts to change. Everything starts to shift. 
And it's all because you are telling yourself, well, I deserve to desire and follow through on what I desire. I deserve to pursue what I want to pursue for no other reason than it feels like this is where I'm supposed to be. And I don't need anyone's permission. Right. So I guess that's maybe one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn throughout my life. And what I'm still practicing now is how to give myself permission to follow the path that I'm following creatively, to do it with joy, to do it with pride. But yeah, that's a struggle, right? Because you're, you're pushing against the voices that tell you a lot of negative things. But then I come back to what I, what I had to learn, which is fun. Where's the fun? How am I having fun? What am I really grateful for? What is such a gift to have around me? What am I just so enjoying about what's happening? One of my favorite things to do is to get to take created work, take it into a recording studio and experience what it sounds like to, to build it into a captured recording. Because there's so much that shows up that's just a joyous surprise. And it's one of my favorite energies to connect with because I really embrace that when it's happening. Oh, right? I bet. I bet. I just, I just embrace the joyous surprise and I get so high, naturally high, on just how, how the flow is happening. How I'm just there as the archivist and I'm collecting, I'm listening, I'm allowing what's showing up to exist. And I'm, and I'm trusting my instincts. Beautiful. I want to take us down the road of flow real quickly because you use that word flow and what, what does flow mean to you and how do you know that you're in it? What does it feel like? What does it look like? So I say flow starts with, you got to tap, got to tap into your creative well so that you can start to draw up some, some energy. And the flow is just when the energy is in motion and it's going and it's coming out and you're taking your notes and you're listening very carefully and you're accepting it without any resistance and you're allowing it to show you, you're allowing yourself to be the conduit and you start to sink into layer and layer of deeper subconsciousness in that flow state to where you're pulling from a space that I can't make myself access that space. It's, it, it literally is a space I have to walk myself down to and it, it takes 30 minutes sometimes to get into that, that flow space. And then, yeah, once you're there, it's just about capturing everything with excitement and joy and play and just more, just let it keep going. And when, then when you're ready to pull yourself back up from that, that deep flow space, you know, it's, it is a bit of a coming back that has to happen. For me, the one-on-one, -on -one, the regular recurring checking in with myself, slowing down, allows me to have a relationship with that flow. I can get into it. I can understand it. I can allow, for me, meditation is syncing up with the source and allowing myself to access the energy of that flow. I only used to see it in rare glimpses in my corporate job. I would look back on it and be like, ah, I, I felt flow on this project or during this time. And it, it came and went, it came and went. And I didn't know what it was. And now I have a better relationship and understanding to it. It's, it's something that you intentionally can connect to. I was just writing down through thinking about creativity is like an old friend. You have this relationship that you've built with it, that it's familiar, but also with friends, there's always new things growing out of that, right? Cause of that special connection. So yeah, our creativity space is it's a, it's a friend. It's a, a friendly, a friendly place we can go to and be welcomed, be accepted as who we are, have fun, find uh, joy if we're, if we're really lucky and be surprised, be surprised by what shows up when you get out of your own way and you allow that flow to come through you. Yeah. And we all have the capacity to access that. I mean, when we look at artists and we see Taylor Swift on stage with these huge auditoriums, that is flow. She is, she has learned how to harness her energy. And we, you know, it's easy to look at that and think, wow, that'll never be me. Or that's so cool. How does a human being, how is a human being able to do that? She's really a fully actualized individual. And the truth is, is I used to look at that and have some sense of envy of like, oh, I want that. And now I realize my job is to find 
my relationship to actualize and to do, have my own version, however that comes out for me. And yes. all of us have the capacity to do that. A hundred percent. And, you know, Taylor Swift is a great artist because she knows how to access her creative well, but she also knows how to say, I need to refill it. Mm. She's, she's not sitting there day in and day out <laughs> yeah. for 25 hours a day pulling from her creative well, right? Yeah. She has a process. She has a space. She knows how to do it as a method. But you see her working in, in studio with her collaborators. They are laughing. They're having the time of their lives just sharing these ideas and being in flow together and catching them and throwing them back and just being having having like making a game of it almost yes you know not that they're not serious about what they're creating and that they're not pulling from a thoughtful place but yeah she's she's learned how to develop that well and make it deeper and make it larger but also it just kept the practice up day after day after day i assure you that taylor swift is probably one of the most practiced people and how she organizes her day, her career, her practices of writing. Yeah, I bet. And it's, it's how <laughs> she's been able to create such a beautiful catalog of art. There's a saying that says the most successful artists are the ones who are able to spend the most time alone mm. with themselves, with their creativity, listening, channeling. Someone's listening to this and they're like, what is flow for me? How do I know when I'm in, you know, how do I find my flow? Is it something you listen for? Well, I think we can all think of a time when maybe we were writing a paper or maybe we're uh, writing a letter to a friend where we're telling a story about something that happened to us and we're just really into the narrative and it's just, it's flowing in a funny way and we're tapping into our, all these, you know, elements of humor and whatever else, right? That's kind of a, a simple example of what being in flow feels like. It's when you're just tapping in and accessing all of your truest pieces and letting them all show up in your toolbox and play together for whatever purpose, right? I mean, you can be in creative flow just in a conversation. Mm. It doesn't have to be- Some big thing. Yes, it yeah. doesn't have to be this big thing. Some big grandiose I mean, thing, yeah. I was having dinner with a friend last night and the two hours of conversation we had was utter creative flow and art and, you know, we were talking about complex mental health issues and all sorts of really interesting topics, uh, but the banter and the play and the, you know, it was absolutely, we were in creation together. We were in flow together, really trusting ourselves and connecting our hearts and showing ourselves to each other. But you see it also when musicians are on stage and there's eight players that are all playing together in order to be in flow with each other and connect with each other in the moment, the only thing they have to do is listen. They have to listen and trust, stay confident. Doubt will dissolve their ability immediately. And you're connecting, right? You're this exchange of energies happening between this auditory language that the, the instruments are speaking together and combining to layer, but they're all carefully making sure that they're not stepping on the space of the other. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. For every wonder, note. Yeah. And I always wonder that. I, that's so beautiful. You're absolutely, I love the way you've described that. That is really true. And you said something about the playing the piano earlier and how you're playing maybe a song by Adele and then you might hit, uh, you know, yeah. uh, a note that wasn't part of the chord, but then you were like, oh, well, I like how that, re that resolved. You know, there's this, yes. this wonderful saying in music is, you know, this idea of if you're playing a wrong note, the, the saying essentially is it's all about the next note that you play. So if you play a wrong note, all that matters is the next note that you play. Oh, I love that because that's also connected to practicing, trying, putting stuff out there. The way that you get to where you want to go is by taking the step, the next note, the next note. Yeah. That, that mistake can be the vehicle. The mistake can be the vehicle. Ooh. That misstep, that unintended placement yes can be the vehicle that accesses something but if you shift into oh crap i really screwed up and everyone knows it and i'm doomed you're done for you're done for and that is easy to do in a corporate job that is very easy to take that road for any kind of leader especially under pressure it's easy to be so hard on yourself and push that self but there's an opportunity to invoke the artist within right the creative within 
and to say, hey, next note, next note. I love that. Yes, yes. What is the next note? What is the next note? Write that down, y'all. Write that <laughs> down. Open up your Apple Notes and write that down. What is the next note? <laughs> I, I say that to my, my six-year-old piano students when they're going to play a recital. If you make a mistake, what do you do? And they say to me, you just keep going. And I said, what happens if you stop? And they say, everyone knows you made a mistake. What happens if you keep going? Nobody knows you made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that's big. I, oh, beautiful, beautiful. And that's actually interesting because a lot of the stuff that we're coaching and teaching and using, this, yeah. the skills we're using in coaching sessions with executives and leaders is not dissimilar from the fundamental human skills that we learn when we're young. Listening, perseverance, yeah. trying, playing, creativity, joy. Believing in yourself, loving yourself, thinking that you're wonderful, thinking that you're deserving, that you're worthy, because you are. I mean, these are things we tell young children in the best of circumstances. They get to hear those, those encouraging ideas fed to them on a regular basis. But as soon as you reach a certain space, it's like, well, now you, uh, you're, you're completely on your own. And, and uh, if you want to hear those voices, you've got to be the one saying them to yourself in some respects. But yeah, there's a shift that happens from where we're really receiving a lot of that quality encouragement. I like the blend of creativity with leadership. I want leaders to listen to this and feel like I can be creative. I can tap into this. Yeah. yeah. I was just speaking to, to a client yesterday and they're just crushing it <laughs> in their life and everything's going fantastic. And they have just basically the ability to slow down and they, they couldn't, it was just, they were struggling to get into that space and accept that as being a good thing to do. Right. They were just like, well, I should start this and I should try and do that. And I should, well, maybe you pause, maybe you take some time to reflect on what you've achieved. Feel really great about that for a minute. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you get into a listening space, right? Create some room and say, I'm going to spend a year just making some space to listen and be and be open to collecting what I'm discovering. Do some internal excavating. Really tap in and, and get to know that voice again. That is my, my intuitive voice. You've used listen a few times in this episode, in this episode. So I'm curious, how do you describe what does powerful listening look like for you? Because I'm a, I'm a trained vocalist. My mind tends to go to the way that I use it when I'm singing with another vocalist, there's an intensity level to it when I'm combining my voice with another vocalist, because usually we're not singing the same notes. We're singing different melodies, but we're also having to combine our dynamics. And so that's the loudness and softness, the swell of the voice, the up and down. We're having to combine our pronunciation, make sure we're ending our words at the same time. But also if one of us is holding a note, the other one can, can create some more color, can do some more movement. How do you listen for those opportunities? And this is a skill that I've developed over, over you know, decades of practice. But I'm finding that I'm in a, in a space and working with, with someone now as a creative partner. And I love creative partnerships and creative partnerships with the right person really matters. There's just an ease and an effortlessness and a trust where I feel myself giving over to this person all of my trust in their ability, but all of their trust in mine. And we're just in this open, connected space where we're believing so intensely in each other that anything is possible. And we're listening so intently to each other's voices that we're gonna follow wherever the other one goes. And it can be a microsecond of a movement and we're gonna catch it, we're gonna feel it. It's not, it's not a thought process. It's at that point, you're really, you're, you're moving from an instinct place. That sounds very special and very hard to do. How does a creative partnership cultivate something like that? I gotta say, I have never found a creative partner vocally like this. So this is really special and has been really hard to find, but I can also look back at all of the work that I've done in every single partnership I've ever had up to this moment has been preparing me for this moment. 
and not that those other partnerships weren't good partnerships, but I also believe in, in partnering and then completing and then being okay if you need to move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's not dissimilar from coaching. I was talking with a friend about this the other day. You, you have a coach come into your life or a partner or a creative partner come into your life for a moment. And that, that person offers this, and then maybe they come out of your life. And it's not like you have to be there all the time. It's they, things can come and go. Souls can meet and then depart and that's okay. And you, you leave kernels and nuggets of wisdom along the way that you take with you, which is what you're saying. All of the previous experiences that you've had have, have brought you to this moment to come. I can literally look at every partnership I've ever had and say, if I hadn't done this partnership for five years, I would have never have had this partnership for six years. If I hadn't done that partnership for six years, I never would have had this partnership for 10 years. If I'd never restarted myself and done this for five years, I never would have had this opportunity. It literally has been one step leading directly to the other, but I've had to, I've had to trust my ability to create something out of nothing and my ability to bring people into a space of collaboration where they can support me in that process of creation and of birthing a completed and finished idea into the world. I think that's the challenge that I find most people have is they, they have a lot of wonderful ideas and they can even get them to a certain developmental point, but they're, they hit the shame wall and they hit the fear wall of like, I can't show it to anybody. I can't put it out there. I'm just going to leave it sitting in the box. And I see this probably most often with um, music creators and writers and people that are recording material that just never sees the light of day. Because it's hard to just accept yourself where you are. We want to imagine that we're supposed to be somewhere else and we're missing all of the great opportunity about where we are and it's just accepting where we are. Yeah. And this is one of the most important lessons for anyone listening, which is the way you begin to change your life is by merging with this current moment. I'm not saying you have to love it. I'm not saying you have to agree with it, but accept it for what it is. You are in this moment now. How can you just acknowledge it and be in this moment and accept it for what it is? And in that acceptance, you recognize you now have agency to make a change and to choose to do something else. But it doesn't start until you honor it and accept it, however good or bad or indifferent the moment is, whatever you are in front of. So I have a question about the creative partnerships, which is, for someone right now who is engaging in a creative partnership or thinking about a creative partnership, how do you think about making sure that that partnership stays in flow? It's healthy. It's nourished. It's rich. It's successful. It's, it's, it's energetic. How, how do you think about that? What, what can someone take away with like, Hey, I want to, I want to dial up my partnership. I want to make sure my partnership, my creative partnerships right now are strong. Absolutely. And uh, I think the first thing is to take a look at yourself and say to yourself, what are my greatest strengths? What are my greatest talents? What am I really, really good at? And as you have gathered that information, you know what that is. You then say, okay, what are the areas where I've got some ability, but I don't really feel like I'm super strong mm -hmm. and have a clear picture of what that looks like. And what you're going to want to try and do is probably find a creative partner whose strengths exist where yours are not strong and that where your strengths exist, where theirs are also not strong. Um, a simple analogy of this would be, you know, someone like Bernie and Elton John, right? You have one person writing all the lyric because Elton was not a lyric writer. Yeah. And one person writing all the music because the other person is not a music writer, right? They took their two strong muscles. They put them together Yes. and they created something. Uh, that was much, much greater than what they could have done individually. So that's a sort of simple way to think about it. But in, in a larger sort of, uh, you know, if you're wanting to start a business, you're wanting to start, uh, do a startup, you know, it's all about your team, all about your team. Um, so continuing to build relationships, you know, uh, supporting people in their endeavors when you can uh, in an authentic way, 
right? Not in a thirsty, what can I get from them later kind of way, but. And they're related because as you build the team, you want a team that has complementary skill sets. You don't want everyone on the team who, who has the same background or the same strengths because no. then you're pushing against each other. You want people who play different roles on the team. Correct. That's the magic. That's the magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've been, I've been lucky enough to find a couple of those partnerships uh, throughout my life and have success in working with those people, but then also recognizing when it was time to move on to the next thing. I think that people will learn a lot from your perspective. You're showing people who have historically, maybe previously not defined themselves as creatives, and you're helping us reconnect with that part of us. And what a beautiful gift that is. And stay curious, love that you get to be creative. It's a, it's such a joyous gift. If we let ourselves touch it, if we let ourselves access it, if we let it flow through us and we just listen and take note and let it grow into something that never would exist without us allowing it to come out, to come through us and to be free. Well, I just want to thank you for making the time to be here. I'm just inspired to know you and I can't wait to see how many lives will be touched by the sharing of your words in this podcast. So thank you for being here. And thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan. And it's just such a such a joy to me to get to be in a creative space with you today. Yay, let's go. <laughs> let's go.